Chapter Thirty of Among the Great Masters of the Drama. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Sonia. Among the Great Masters of the Drama by Walter Rowlands. Sarah Bernard. Madame, you were both great and charming. I am an old combatant but at the moment when the enchanted people were applauding you i confess that i wept victor hugo to sarah bernard when the young sarah bernard appeared as a candidate for admission to the paris conservatoire before the jury of that august institution she recited instead of the customary selection from corneille or racine a fable of la fontaine's entitled the two pigeons with such effect that she was at once accepted as a pupil one of the actress's finest performances is the part of Adrienne Le Couvreur, in Scriben Le Gouvet's drama of that name, in the second act of which Adrienne recites to her lover, Maurice de Saxe, the same fable. Rachel was the first impersonator of Adrienne Le Couvreur, and a well-known English playwriter, the late Palgrave Simpson, who witnessed her performance in Paris in 1849, has placed on record a most interesting account of it, and also of Sarah Bernard's rendition of the character in London in 1880. He begins with, Picture 1. It is the evening of the 14th of April, 1849. A vast crowd is assembled in every part of the Salle of the Théâtre Français. The occasion may well account for the enormous throng, for a new play is to be given for the first time by the deified dramatist of that day, Eugène Scribe, and the greatest actress of the period, some will say of all time, Rachel, is about to appear in the principal part. The play bears the title of Adrienne Le Couvreur. It is not my purpose to dilate upon the piece itself. The picture to be painted is that of the actress alone. She enters at last in Act Two. Her reception is stormily enthusiastic, and she smiles a faint, almost melancholy smile in return. She is studying the part which, as Adrienne Le Couvreur, she is about to play on the fancied stage beyond the stage. Her diction is solemn and impressive, perhaps a little too heavy for the occasion, but this is Rachel's fault in the lighter portions of many plays, notably in the Virginie. Her bearing and manner are imposing, and lay powerful siege to the feelings of her audience. A caviller might say that they are too imposing for the situation. Presently come the scenes where she meets her lover, Maurice de Saxe, unknown to her except as a young officer of fortune, on his return to Paris. Her love is displayed with wonderful impetuosity and effect. It is excited and feverish. Her passion is almost tigerish in its demonstration. It is powerful in the extreme, but surely a little in excess of womanly tenderness. She recites the fable of the two pigeons with admirable emphasis and true artistic declamation, but she is still passionate rather than tender. On her return to the stage, after having received from her lover the missive which tells her that he cannot meet her that night, her feelings of mortification are expressed with less of violence, however. She does not seem to think the scene worthy of a special effort. In Act Three comes the second interview with her lover, and the discovery that the supposed humble officer is in reality the celebrated Comte de Saxe. In this scene there is a greater charm of womanly tenderness in her natural surprise than in any of the preceding scenes. In the interview which follows, when the lovers are alone, impulsive passion again takes the place of tenderness. But her power holds the audience enthralled. 
is she not the divinity of the time and can divinity err and yet it might be fancied by captious heretics that her passion is strained to discordant harshness presently comes the scene the imbroglio of which is so admirably conceived by the master of dramatic art in construction the scene in which adrienne discovers that she has a rival but a rival unknown to her in the darkness the incipient jealousy of the woman who thinks she is betrayed by her lover is powerful without a doubt but almost fiendish in its expression but rachel contrives to throw a marvellous dignity into the words et moi je vous protège in answer to the je vous perdrai of the vindictive princess and there is an accent of profound despair in her words as she sinks into a chair at the conclusion of the act ah tout est fini the curtain falls amidst a tumult of applause in act four the scenes in which the devoted woman sacrifices her fortune to save her lover from arrest are played with a feverish irritability which in some measure detracts from the sympathy which the situation ought to create but in the scene where adrienne discovers her rival and considers the treachery of maurice complete rachel rises to her greatest height the verses from phedre are declaimed in the face of the princess but without moving from the spot where she stands with so grand a scorn that her whole audience is thrilled here it is that the actress without possibility of cavil is perfect in her greatness the last act comes in which adrienne is convinced in her own mind of the infidelity of her lover but her despair is alternately lugubrious rather than plaintive tigerish and fiendish rather than reproachful the return of her supposed faithless lover is only the prelude to the death scene by poison that the death is most powerful and effective none can deny but it is repulsive in its realism picture two the background is now the stage of the gaiety theatre london the theatre is crowded for sarah bernard is about to appear for the first time in this same play of adrienne le couvreur and considerable curiosity as to the result is excited it may be said that fair play is scarcely awarded her among the old playgoers who have already made up their minds and loudly proclaimed beforehand that it is utterly impossible she can be a patch on rachel let us see from the very first sarah bernard shows that her conception of the part is entirely different from that of her celebrated predecessor how quickly and simply she enters studying her part with what a pleasant smile and ladylike grace does she respond to the importunities of the fops around her with what seductive tones of grateful affection does she address her devoted old friend the prompter then comes her meeting with her lover the love scene here is replete with womanly tenderness springing from the heart there is no violence of passion and although the impulse of this loving woman is strong it is kept within delicate bounds she is sweetly caressing but not feverishly fiery and her fable of the two pigeons is recited in a strain more touching even to pathos than strong all this loving tenderness and not a spark of this conception of the character is lost even at the close of the act the words oui je m'occuperai encore de lui l'ingrat ce sera là ma vengeance are spoken with a sweet tenderness only faintly tinged with the colour of reproach the same conception and the same execution of it are continued in act three in the scenes where the great general is discovered in the humble officer and the lovers indulge in mutual protestations the stronger and darker traits of the feminine character are not yet roused the time however is shortly to come 
the incipient jealousy on the discovery of her yet unknown rival is admirably although delicately portrayed and gathers crescendo like distant rolling thunder although the storm does not burst into an explosion in the famous phrase je vous protège alone the actress is slightly disappointing and yet the tone in which it is uttered is consistent with her conception of the part it is with a quiet dignity that the words are uttered not with the thrilling force of rachel the tout est fini however thrills the audience it is a real cri du coeur although subdued and choking from this moment sarah bernard is feverish excited restless but without querulous irritability when she discovers her rival and has no longer any doubt of her lover's treachery sarah bernard is at once powerful with finesse and passionate with subdued energy the climax of the scene alone may be considered at once a mistake and a failure the manner in which she advances across the stage toward her detested rival and hurls the outrage in the words of phedre into her very face with outstretched finger almost touching her is far too overstrained in the last act ample amends are made for the one error exquisite without exaggeration is her despair at the supposed desertion of her lover and equally beautiful her revulsion on his return to her arms the death scene follows realistic it is true but how different from the realism of her great predecessor the fight for life the despairing cry non je ne veux pas mourir are as real as any death scene ever exhibited on the stage but without repulsiveness end of chapter thirty